بلش؟ اوكي اهلا وسهلا بالجميع. I welcome everyone and I thank uh, IPS for allowing me this chance uh, to be part of this uh, session. The title of this session uh, is The Strategic Options to Redress the Balance of Power and Re-Establish the Centrality of the Palestinian Cause. In order to uh, start uh, the discussion about this, I think uh, the title is a bit confusing or confused. My suggestion when I wrote uh, to the speakers is that uh, they would focus on how uh, and, and the means for re-establishing the centrality of the Palestinian cause, because this would in turn change the balance of powers. And what are the requirements for re-establishing the centrality of the Palestinian cause? And these are multiple, and they include the political realm, uh, organization level, uh, forms of resistance and, and struggle. And of course, this is left to the speakers uh, to address and how they want uh, to tackle it. Because in the first session, it talked about the international and regional uh, uh, situation and their impact on the Palestinian uh, cause. And the second session talked about the spaces for the uprising, the multiplicity of uprising spaces in a, in a detailed manner. We're talking about the most recent uprising in Jerusalem, and it was a very useful and beneficial, the discussion that took place in session two. And so in this session, I was thinking of how to because the uprising gave us uh, signals and indicators on how the Palestinian cause can uh, regain uh, uh, its uh, centrality because it was called the Jerusalem uprising and thus it is the uprising of all Palestinians. Jerusalem is the symbol because when it was the Jerusalem uprising, it encompassed all uh, Palestinians. And this is a very important indicator at the level of the politics and organization and what is needed. It also showed that the uh, struggle is against uh, uh, settler colonialism and an apartheid regime. And it is not a, a matter that can be uh, reduced down to the occupation that took place or started in 1967. So this is just an, a, a few opening remarks uh, regarding the topic of this session. There is uh, interpretation uh, to English uh, that is available. You click uh, the globe and select the language uh, that you would want uh, to uh, select English, basically, to listen to the interpretation. Uh, the speakers uh, today, now in this session, are six uh, speakers. All of them are distinguished uh, uh, by the fact that they are youth, young, and I think this is what we want and hope, that they give us this uh, push, this boost, 
uh, with uh, also the vision of the youth uh, and, and the horizons uh, for the future. The first speaker, Hashem Abu Shamma. I will not uh, uh, speak a lot about uh, his uh, uh, profile because the information is there in his bio, but I will just introduce him very briefly. He is a PhD student in Oxford University at the Environment and Geography uh, School. He received Ibrahim Adakak Award for his one of his articles. He received MA in Refugees and Migration Studies and lives currently or continues to live in Oxford. So the time allocated for each speaker is between 12 to 15 minutes. Please uh, stick to the amount uh, allowed uh, of time allowed in order to give uh, also time for Q&A later on. All the questions will be submitted in writing and I will try to convey uh, the uh, questions to the speakers. Uh, Hashem, you have the floor. Thank you, Dr. Jamil, uh, for uh, hosting me and for IPS for hosting me and for this session. I'm not sure you can hear me uh, clearly because I have a poor internet connection. Everybody's saying that they can hear him. My uh, presentation is very brief and has three main components. The first is it's true that the recent uh, uprising was a way of transcending the geographic uh, fragmentation and talked about a formula from uh, Gaza to Jaffa to Hebron to Ramallah and that it was against the colonization in its different uh, manifestations, but it was different in how uh, to this uh, deconstruct uh, the Palestinian identity through the different geographies. Also, for example, in 1948, we have uh, the Israeli system that wants to obliterate the Palestinian presence by distorting their uh, identity and calling them Israeli Arabs and also uh, impose and dictate their culture and their uh, uh, policies uh, uh, through their establishments. The second geography is the 1967 occupied territories by having a, a military a, a, a occupation and also a, 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 a PA that is a hiding behind a national project, whereas it is a proxy of the occupation. And the third is in Gaza Strip, whereby the occupation controls a, a everything in the Strip and create some form of hierarchy in Palestine. And so we we talk about Gaza martyrs as numbers, as statistics, as, as a, a normal thing of the siege and this was also obvious during the attack on Gaza people killed were just numbers in order to normalize Palestinian lives in the different geographies and therefore we need to take into, into consideration these tangible differences between the different Palestinian geographies but all the Palestinian presence in all these geographies is subject to the same uh, settler colonial uh, regime but they create different ways of fragmenting this identity and preventing 
preventing a collective national struggle project uh, to end this uh, uh, colonization by attacking refugees in their uh, refugee camps, by having the apartheid regime, by having the exclusive system of uh, citizenship or uh, identity cards. Uh, and when we see in history, uh, the military occupation was first forced between 1948 and 1966 in 1948 territories before it was uh, shifted to the 1967 territories. For example, when Haifa was occupied in 1948, people were forcibly evicted and transferred uh, uh, who remained in the city uh, uh, to Wadi and Nas area, and they were subject to military rule, uh, and there was curfews, and they gave them permits if they wanted to move around in order to restrict their movement, and there were different uh, uh, ways to encourage a voluntary migration, uh, uh, internal migration for these Palestinians into the other Palestinian territories. And one of them was very famous in 1956 that failed in 19, uh, uh, later on. I want also to talk about the cultural uh, space and based on uh, Dr. Jamal Hilal's uh, article. Uh, uh, and since the culture and the cultural uh, sector was very prominent in the recent uh, uprising, we should know that the culture is uh, misused and abused by uh, the Israeli occupation uh, to obliterate and uh, change the cultural identity of the uh, country. And it is also this uh, is also subjected to uh, 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 the market and and, uh, and making the uh, culture as a commodity also with the colonization and the fragmentation of Palestinian presence that wanted to obliterate all any collective Palestinian presence uh, and wanted to create dependency uh, on Israeli uh, uh, state entities and and institutions and after a, 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 a class of intelligentsia that appeared in 1948 territories after 20 years of the military rule, there were plans by the Israeli committee, specific committee to reduce Palestinian presence to the cultural space by removing and stripping them of any other political identity. And Amir, who was the head of the committee, who said that we need to have efforts to make Palestinians take interest only in culture to take away their mind away from uh, politics or any other issues and and i'm quoting here there is a need to establish musical groups and entertainment groups and this in turn uh, uh, allows them to express their emotions through culture and this allows also the employment of efforts of university students and uh, the Roman uh, slogan, uh, entertainment and bread, is very appropriate here. And this is how Israel wanted to use culture uh, to serve its uh, projects and its plans. So we see in Haifa, uh, we saw the cultural uh, uh, scene, and we saw how it is uh, uh, linked to these policies, even if they challenge them. But if we see in the cultural uh, scene a, a means for creating a liberation uh, 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 thinking and intellectual uh, ways of uh, moving forward, then it can be also a commodity that is a good, that is, has price and that can be sold. And so we need to be very careful of how we use also culture in these regards. Also, 
uh, we have uh, the participation in the Israeli elections and the other uh, according to the authoritarian PA uh, for uh, the calling for voting for the Israeli Knesset uh, uh, forces a system uh, according to a minority that uh, of elite uh, that is the uh, Israeli Arabs and they give legitimacy to the Zionist project by accepting the role of minority in a colonial state and therefore avoid the main contradiction which is the relationship between the colonizer and the colonized and uh, uh, allow, does not allow people or try uh, they try to strive for equal rights whereas the state is based on uh, eradicating any palestinian presence in the country um so this is even the term of israeli arabs uh, uh, is is a significant symbol of that because calling them as such and refusing to call them palestinians uh, is the main contradiction and israeli colonizers cannot accommodate even a minor Minority that is Palestinian and therefore they had to call them Arabs and they give them the Israeli citizenship in order to collect uh, money and taxes. On the other hand, we have the authoritarian PA in Ramallah, despite the fact that it has representations in different uh, cities in the West Bank, but they are uh, their main base headquarters is in uh, Ramallah and they accepted a neoliberal uh, 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 entity that has no uh, vision, neither political, social or economic, and accepted to be an uh, uh, extension of the Israeli occupation and was uh, uh, maybe the most dangerous role of the PA in addition to uh, uh, allowing uh, them, the do allowing the donors to dictate their conditions and we lost the speaker. We have lost uh, uh, the, the speaker, maybe uh, was disconnected. I, if he's in Gaza, then we understand that the internet uh, connection is poor, but now uh, we have Hashem back. I am in Arub uh, a refugee camp. I'm in, in near Hebron. Uh, at least you're not in Gaza, unless uh, Arub was moved to Gaza. I don't know why uh, it was disconnected. I didn't know where I was disconnected. It was uh, disconnected for maybe one and a half minutes. You were talking about the political elites and you were discussing the role of political elites in the West Bank, the role of the PA, basically. I was saying that we have the self-rule authority that is authoritarian, that it has its headquarters in Ramallah, that accepted a neoliberal capitalist state, semi-state, that is stripped of any political, cultural, social vision and accepted to be an extension of the occupation by fighting Palestinian resistance and Palestinian intellectuals. Maybe the, the most dangerous role of the PA, in addition to allowing 
allowing the Israel, Israel and the donors to dictate their conditions is to legitimize uh, the uh, settlement activities and, and to accept it as if settlement activities in Lud, uh, Ramla and Haifa is uh, okay and that Mali uh, Adumim uh, is different from uh, the settle, settle, settlements in Haifa or the evictions in, in uh, Jaffa or in uh, Lud Ramla or or how uh, they are uh, affecting and doing ethnic cleansing projects inside 1948 territories. The uh, Jerusalem uprising uh, showed that even if these differences uh, create different conditions for the Palestinians in the different areas, but uh, these uh, borders and these divisions are illusionary because uh, we saw uh, Palestinians coming together and, and also showed the central role of settlers uh, from uh, the West Bank to Haifa and 1948 territories. And so, uh, 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 so it presented uh, this uprising presented Palestinian the Palestinian cause as a united uh, a cause and also exposed those who did not support it, and that is why uh, the PA assassinated Nizar Banat in such a brutal manner, and why they are using excessive force against protesters because uh, their tool is to terrorize people because they lost all national legitimacy. They understand that the conditions that allowed it to be present have vanished and that it is a collapse is uh, looming. And why do we talk about a liberation uh, thought and, and why we need to reestablish the centrality of the Palestinian cause is that we have a heritage of resistance, a legacy of resistance, and the presence of uh, resistance. Ghassan Kanafani, in, uh, in an interview with Richard Barton that was uh, shared again during the uprising, uh, he uh, was asked, why did you refuse negotiations with uh, Zionists? He said it is because it is a, a, a negotiation between the sword and the neck. Also, Najil Ali, in his cartoons, uh, he uh, uh, was able to uh, um, predict what the role of uh, those who are engaged in, in negotiations with uh, uh, Israel and what the consequences would be. And that is why he said no to uh, reconciliation, no to peace with uh, Israel, and also Basil Araj and others, and many Palestinians who refused to uh, appear before Israeli courts because they refused to uh, recognize them and therefore refusing uh, this uh, uh, negotiations and the uh, uh, Israeli occupation and from the experiences of indigenous people uh, by refusing to recognize the legitimacy of the Zionist state, this should create a, a liberation, a cultural uh, thoughts and thinking and would create a national liberation project. <laughs> Thank you, Hashem. Um, many of the points that you mentioned require much more discussion. The issue of politics and local government, Gaza, West Bank, and Diaspora. This is uh, already, uh, I mean, it's worth discussing what can we get out of uh, this to create a new reality. The cultural area has its own specificities that where we can have discussion. It is not limited to uh, uh, geopolitics. It is in 1948, if you write an article and publish it. So culture, uh, 
has the mobility, greater mobility or uh, outreach compared to other, uh, such as uh, areas such as the political area or geopolitics. Now, the next speaker or, yeah, is, Miss or Mrs. I would say, I would say Miss Dana Farraj. She's a legal researcher and a lawyer, member of Palestinian Bar Association since 2019. So since two years, she has been a recognized uh, uh, legal practitioner and she has master's degree in IHL from Mercedes and BA in law from Marseille University. And she has interest in uh, human rights law and international and ICC. And now the floor is yours. Good evening. Thank you, Dr. Jamil. And thanks for the IPS that uh, gives us this platform to start uh, to continue being connected and discussing and thank you Hashim for the very valuable uh, intervention with something that I was hesitating to speak of since IPS contacted me to speak of the uprising. I was thinking of what happened after the uprising, after Nizar Banat was assassinated in the heart of the West Bank and all the oppression that followed and all the practices that we witnessed and they continue uh, such as in uh, arresting the different scholars, uh, men and women. So my idea was to speak about uh, the uh, depression that I had along many others. But at the end of the day, this uprising gave us a new hope in achieving uh, success and victory and that this will end in the uh, 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 disappearance of this occupation. And here I start with the three points. First, the uprising that happened since uh, May. It is an accumulative thing that make us think on how to build on that and how to deal with them as an important uh, uh, milestone to achieve, uh, 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 let's say victory, and also how to have an uprising that was uh, supported by the international community. And at the end of the also some points on how to regain the uh, status of the Palestinian cause and to reorganize ourselves as youths seeking to achieve objectives that the Palestinian people have been struggling to achieve since 70 years. So the uh, uprising as a struggle milestone, it's important to point out that this uprising came after postponing the uh, elections in April, and elections were part of a hope for change when they were announced in January. Elections were partial, not representative. We're speaking about elections in the West Bank and Gaza. 
even Jerusalem was not clear if they were going to participate or not. So we're speaking about elections that would include half or less of the Palestinian people without including the Palestinian disappearer or Palestinians in 1948. So the uh, uprising uh, uh, took place on May 18th and pointed out that uh, the Palestinian people cannot be uh, uh, divided and we are one nation and uh, made uh, the Palestinians uh, to stop thinking of their immediate concerns. Sometimes they go to uh, West Bank, they go to work in the uh, settlements and in Gaza how to leave Gaza and Palestinians looking for it, how to keep their identities and for people in the support how to return. So the uprising came back to tell the Palestinians you are in the same place and cycling in the same place. The military capabilities that prove that resistance with all its forms is the only thing that can bring us our rights. And sitting many things across the years did not contribute to anything. So resistance uh, rockets from Gaza uh, hitting the depth of the Zionist uh, depth in Ramon uh, airport that had to be shut down. This gave us the hope that resistance that did not uh, stay still and all the wars failed to uh, uh, sabotage the Palestinian resistance and capacity building. The last point and the uprising and how it resulted in regaining uh, the uh, Palestinian discourse. I'd like to mention certain points as I felt in France since I has experience in France and we contacted a number of groups there. There is a change, there is an ascendant to the Palestinian discourse that speaks about the full Palestinian geography and not the two-state solution or Oslo, post-Oslo. Even in Latin America, the uh, demonstrations were speaking about all of Palestine, full Palestine, the Palestinian right to resistance and struggle, and even the right to uh, armed struggle that is internationally uh, supported. These slogans were uh, absent for so many years from international struggle, even after uh, a number of normalization projects between Israel and some Arab countries, which gave us some bad feelings. But the Arab nations are the ones that always give us that uh, push and support. How this uprising fall, uh, failed uh, a number of Israeli projects, many uh, proposals were submitted from an American Israeli point of view that do not see the Palestinians more than a group of uh, people living in parts of uh, historical Palestine. Some of the proposals such as annexation and uh, territorial swaps it's important to discuss this point and swapping land or exchanging territories, especially with Al Muthalath area and the Palestinian 1948 areas near um, uh, or Um Al Fahim area, especially it includes a majority of Arabs or Palestinians, and it is the connection between the Palestinians in 1948 and the West Bank. It's adjacent to the Green Line, and it does not have 
settlements, but around Al Mutalla there are a number of settlements. And uh, there is a majority of Palestinians and Arabs. And now this uh, proved, uh, this uprising proved that how this uprising in, uh, of Palestinians there in Amr Fahim and areas proved that they keep their identity. That's why Israel was targeting this area. Across 70 years, Israel failed to uh, change the Palestinian awareness. So uh, this uprising uh, has uh, failed or foiled the attempt to exchange territories. And it also foiled uh, and failed the uh, deal of the century. And here we speak about the American proposal for the deal and how there are projects into, to turn the concept of Palestinian refugees so that it does not include all Palestinian refugees, but only the first generation of refugees. This was part of that ultimate deal or deal of the century. That is to uh, this uprising uh, uh, contributed to failing that. Uh, and we remember how the US cut all fundings for UNRWA, which is uh, the existence of which uh, is symbolic for the Palestinian right to return. And here, to continue the last point, part of the issues, there is the justification of Israeli use of collective punishment and house demolition. That Israel as a state does not need, need a collective punishment, although all the international uh, conventions uh, consider collective punishment as a crime. And here I move to the role of the UN and not to pin high hopes on them. <clears throat> as if uh, the, uh, they will save us. At the end of the day, the UN deals with the Palestinian cause as that of a humanitarian refugee issues, but not as a just cause to achieve the rights of Palestinians. Here, I move to the last point. The last point, which is how to regain the position of the Palestinian uh, cause. not about, and about the role of the Palestinian Authority. Here, not only uh, exclusively on Nizar Banat, we have to speak about an authority that attacks assemblies, organizations, and even attacks the judiciary and uh, struggle uh, fighters, even at a simple indication how this authority seeks more hegemony that it is since 10 years and the head of the Palestinian Authority issued more than 230 decree laws, which should be exclusive to emergency cases. But although across the life of the Palestinian Legislative Council in 1996 and 2006, only 90 legislations were issued. So this, uh, uh, this shows uh, how these people uh, target or serve uh, this. This authority 
And I'd like to mention uh, this is a dangerous thing that there are people in the heart of Ramallah, three girls were arrested and they, uh, these uh, were activists were uh, detained for a simple reason because they wrote uh, graffiti on the walls. The PA uh, police arrested them for a complete night fall night. This could be simple considering what is happening now, but even with the simplest thing, we see how we see how our colleague Fadi Quran uh, was arrested. There is no clear He was carrying a Palestinian flag and he was arrested. I will stop here uh, and we can continue in the discussions. Thank you for hosting me. Thank you, Dana. You said something that uh, a lot that can uh, raise a lot of discussions. I think the uprising was a milestone uh, of a struggle on the path towards liberation, the importance of the youth and their role and how to organize them. This is something maybe that you did not address, but you said uh, you implied that it is uh, possible to increase uh, support, that the uprising increased the support and solidarity with the Palestinian cause. But then the question is, how can we sustain this uh, level of solidarity and increase it, expand on it and build upon it? And so when we talk about the uprising, restoring, reuniting the Palestinian geography from the river to the sea. And if then we can propose a new project uh, in, in, to replace the two-state solution or the state in West Bank and Gaza Strip, or a, replace it by a state all in historic Palestine, and you talked about the PA and how decisions are made outside the institutions and that there are no real institutions now. And therefore, uh, there is no accountability and all decisions are individual or are uh, decided on by a very small uh, group. Uh, and also the assassination of Nizar Banat. And that uh, that proved that there is an authority that uh, uh, practices oppression if anybody defies it and so there are no institutions nothing but rather individuals who decide to retaliate and now the third speaker is Razi who is a Palestinian researcher and writer and I think he was born in Haifa and studied at the Haifa University hello I was born in Abilene in the Galilee, and it it is located between Haifa and Akko, uh, and and thank you, thank you for organizing uh, this uh, conference and this session, and for the speakers who spoke before me and in advance for those who speak after me. Uh, to be honest, I want when I saw the title. 
The title is about redressing the balance of power. My first question is that we are still following a balance of power. Are we still uh, figuring in this balance of power? Are we uh, far from the balance of power or has it uh, uh, flipped uh, this balance of power and has only one side to it? Uh, and this will take uh, from the recent uprising, the most recent uprising, which was a very uh, distinguished at many different levels. But uh, I believe that there are two important things that happened during this uprising that could serve this discussion that I want to talk about in my uh, in, uh, now and how to build upon them. The first and foremost is that this uprising showed uh, the extent of the gap between Palestinian uh, pol political elites in all of Palestine and Palestinian people on the streets. On the streets, there were people and the political Palestinian political elites were in a different, completely uh, complete world. And here I'm talking about the West Bank and 1948 territories because the similarities between these two places have become evident during the recent uprising that the political elites, whether the PA in the West Bank or uh, the Arab follow-up committee in 1948 territories, there has it was evident that there is a gap that cannot even be bridged between them and the people uh, and the uh, people on the streets. I don't think that they took the decision not to join the uprising, but rather they were unable to catch up with it. I think the uprising uh, went uh, far ahead and it was beyond their capacities, their roles, their uh, 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 capacities, basically. And this is something I've noticed in 1948 territories that the political forces, when they went uh, to talk to them uh, 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 to work as a mediator between Israel and the people, they were unable to play that role because those who were on the streets and the people in general were very far from them because there is a huge gap and also in the west bank uh, uh, the the authority uh, the figures the symbols of the palestinian authority were not present on the streets not on the protest you cannot see them you cannot see the flags there was on the uh, 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 strike, the national strike day, and there was no clear Palestinian leadership for the people. We are living in a situation uh, whereby there are political elites that are not related to the people on the street, but they are only concerned with how to keep their presence, to maintain their existence as, as uh, 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 benefiting from the situation or adjust their interests and how they are linked to the international community. It, their preoccupation is only how to maintain their existence rather than uh, how to liberate Palestine. They only want to maintain their existence and their privileges. This is something that we need to conclude as uh, something has become evident during the recent uh, uprising. The other important thing to uh, also take into consideration is the uh, tremendous capacities and efforts that were became active outside the traditional political uh, uh, groups. I think there were 
uh, hundreds and thousands of people uh, of activists who worked in their own areas own corners in the areas that they worked in that they know very well without any orders without any organization any palestinian each palestinian during the uprising found a place his niche where he can be beneficial and he did that some for example they established a, a channel on instagram on social media and worked uh, on 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 uh, raising the palestinian voice uh, on their own there were initiatives for Palestinian National Economy Week, uh, uh, um, uh, for example, and these were initiatives taken by the people. From this uprising, we can uh, uh, safely say that this was a moment when the Palestinian people on the streets uh, 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 went beyond their political leaders in terms of political actions and, in, uh, and activism. They are not thinking about it as a replacement for these political elites, but they went beyond them. They were working on their own without orders from anyone, from without organization, without a vision from anyone or a strategy from anyone. And therefore, this uprising had two aspects. One was negative and, and, and was terrifying. And there was one that was very positive. The negative side is when we discovered that the Palestinian situation does not have political elites we live in a situation where we don't have political factions without political ideology without political vision or political elites while as the glimmer of hope is that the generations like my generation they have the capacities and are capable and have sufficient knowledge and sufficient experience and sufficient skills to work on their own I think this is the most important thing that we need to start uh, addressing. The other, the third uh, uh, point, which I was thought was important about the uprising, is that after the second intifada until this date, uh, we have a history of uprisings. Every few years, people uh, stop, uh, uh, cannot put any more with the colonization. And so they have an uprising and they express their anger and then they go back and go steps backwards. And, and the occupation and the colonization comes uh, to uh, punish us. But our history is a history of uprisings and it is not out of vacuum, but because we don't have the infrastructure to carry it from uh, these mini uprisings, if you want, to a full-fledged uh, intifada uprising, uh, because these are uh, spontaneous uh, 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 by the people. But if we want to have a long-term intifada, we need to have political uh, parties, political actors who have the vision to sustain uh, these uh, uh, things. Uh, and so with the, in the absence of political vision, a political uh, project, and in order to overcome this uh, stage, we need to start discussing drastically and comprehensively the Palestinian uh, situation, the status. And this is the question today. This is not uh, us and the balance of power. The balance of power maybe is with Israel, but we and what do we want from the balance of power in Palestine today? We don't have consensus on the format of deliberation. What is the Palestinian dream uh, uh, for any political regime? Any political regime does not that does not have a political identity or imagined their dream. So what is the imagined uh, uh, reality for the Palestinians? In the 70s, uh, it was the dream that was built by the PLO has turned into a nightmare. We see it now on the streets. They carry uh, uh, batons and harass uh, 
Palestinians and they are killing and assassinating uh, the opposition. So we say that we want to liberate ourselves from the colonizers, but the dream has details and the details now are missing in recent years. And in order to start any political project, we need to first uh, uh, sketch our imagination and where do we want? What is the dream? What is our ambitions? And therefore, as Palestinians, we need today to start from uh, beneath zero, from uh, before uh, uh, square one, because there always this discussion why those young people on the streets are not uh, taking the role of the current uh, Palestinian leadership and take uh, the PLO and lead the way forward, like in the 60s and the 70s. I think in this discussion, there is some form of overlooking and forgetting the current uh, context in Palestine. Because when we start today, we don't start from zero to establish the Palestinian national project. We're below zero. Uh, uh, in all, uh, we will have to first uh, finish the um, manifestations of the current stage, reach zero level, and then from there start to build again because I believe that the stage we are in now is where we have to deal with the Palestinian context that needs to be reconstructed all over again. Uh, the discussion about politics and culture, I want to address that. That was mentioned earlier. I don't think we can separate culture from politics. Politics uh, uh, formulated the culture, the culture that we have during the PLO when it came from uh, uh, up uh, down and the culture would feed back into the politics. And therefore we cannot separate these uh, two fields. These are organically interlinked if we are without any political project, and I believe that today we are outside all political programs and projects, all political programs in Palestine now has hit a dead end. They cannot be sustained. And the, the reason is that they have their own deficiencies. They misread the landscape and the conditions. And also because Israel, when they signed uh, with these political programs they were buying time they did not want to find solutions when they signed oslo they wanted to buy time and end the first intifada uh, they did not want to end the struggle when they uh, agreed with us in 1948 they wanted some form of agreements and therefore israel went beyond these political programs they disregard them completely and those who uh, 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 have a monopoly over the political powers in Palestine are also deficient and they are unable to go beyond their current programs because of their economic and uh, interest uh, 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 relations with the colonizers, but also with uh, the international community. How much time do I have? I have two more minutes, okay. I didn't hear what you said, Jamin. I'm just saying, uh, please continue. After this, I believe that in terms of the first step that we need to undertake to re-establish the centrality of the Palestinian cause, especially in the aftermath of the most recent uprising, 
is to regain uh, politics in its popular understanding of the Palestinian people. Not only Israel confiscates Palestinians' political rights, I think the Palestinian leaders are playing the same role now by confiscating our role as Palestinians to express ourselves, express our vision about the uh, uh, struggle, about our vision, about our social, economic, and cultural life and also the political leadership, Palestinian political leadership are working on monopolizing uh, uh, politics, not only monopolizing Palestinian representation, but rather the struggle, uh, the Palestinian question as a whole, monopolizing the Palestinian cause itself. And this is something I want to say more. I, I think the oppression that took place in the West Bank is a reaction to the uprising. I want to take it a step further and say that it is the reaction of the political forces and the PA on uh, regarding their feeling of uh, inability uh, uh, during the most recent uprising, because in the uprising, the people felt their momentum. They were re able to reestablish their organization, their power, their efforts, uh, their uh, 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 dreams, uh, but when uh, the PA went uh, down uh, to crack on them, it's because a reaction of their inability. And so when the Fatah activists went down uh, to Al Manara Square and were raising their Fatah flags, they were announcing to the Palestinian people that the street is ours. And I think everything that happened after the recent uprising is a reaction uh, to that uprising. And, and the inability of the political elites. I think the first step uh, is to have a comprehensive Palestinian dialogue and not in the traditional sense of uh, the word, and that is the Fatah Hamas, for example, dialogue or the Palestinian factions. I think there is a need for a comprehensive Palestinian dialogue and that is uh, uh, re-establishing uh, 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 the uh, struggle uh, from it become being under the control of uh, political elites on the top of the pyramid, but rather where Palestinians are all partners in drafting their struggle and their resistance and where they want to go more than with all the Palestinian uh, uh, in the Palestinian uh, geography. The other thing that I want to mention and this is something I've noticed from Jamil's article. Our question is always, do we want one state, two states, three states, four states, five states? As if somebody is asking us what we want, or if somebody is telling us, decide, what do you want? And I think we need to uh, 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 also go beyond this uh, uh, struggle over borders because this is linked to our vision of ourselves and the, how the world views us. Where are we from the struggle? Not in the fact that there are two national movements, uh, uh, opposing national movements, but rather as a struggle against injustice, against racism, against uh, the racist state, regardless of where their borders are. Why does the world today refuse to accept an Islamic state in Afghanistan, but accepts a Jewish state in Palestine? This is a very important question. 
so the uh, how do we shift our discourse uh, to the world uh, had gone uh, through several phases and this uh, discourse has uh, been adapted to the capacities of the political elites rather on what the Palestinian people want. It is the political discourse according to what political elites can achieve rather than what the struggle requires. And so we need to go back to the main struggle and the struggle against the religious state and against injustice and apartheid. I hope that I didn't take too long. Thank you, Razi. You mentioned several important issues. And these are issues of discussion. Anyway, they have to be issues of discussion. You spoke that the uprising have shown the level of alienation between the families, the households, people, and this is true. Number two, it showed that there are potentials outside the existing political uh, establishments or structures it showed that they can take action outside uh, these structures. And nonetheless, and this requires further formulation. It showed that we still lack vision. We lack two issues. Representation for, we don't have representation for all of Palestinians. PLO was there, but now maybe it is taken over by the PA or his shell. It is not a state, neither um, a liberation movement. Also, the political project requires more discussion. And on grounds, as Raji mentioned, grounds of justice and what we want. We want this colonial settlement state to be dismantled, to decolonize. Decolonization of this state. and to start thinking of a democratic state, equality, to uh, totally give up uh, uh, Zionism as uh, an ideology. And the political discourse needs total change. I agree that having the PA resulted that the Palestinian geography and history has been altered in the struggle of Palestinian people as well. The Palestinian cause, as if it, it existed with, uh, since 1967. And we, when we remove occupation, everything ends. So as if there is no uh, refugees, nor, uh, no, this requires a new uh, discourse political discourse. And here comes the role of the 
democratic, progressive, uh, cultural uh, area, if you wish. Abu Mazen has cultural vision, but we are speaking about uh, cultural, this uh, progressive discourse that is capable of outreach to the world, ensure more solidarity as the blacks won uh, international solidarity. Now we give the floor to Ruwaida Al-Safadi. She's a Palestinian refugee in Lebanon. Basically, she's from Akka. She has a BA from Beirut Arab University, and she's a journalist at NBC and a reporter, a translator, and editor of content. Ruida, the floor is yours for 15 minutes. If you take extra one minute, we will not intervene. And thanks for all the uh, participants. Oh, regards for you from Beirut. I'll tell you one thing. If internet goes away or electricity, I'm sure you understand the situation here in Lebanon. I'm really glad to be with you in this session and also glad to be that to meet this young generation of Palestinians that we are proud of. We are speaking about Beirut, when we speak of Beirut, we are speaking about the Palestinian echo in Lebanon. If there is a group of Palestinians there, you are the voice and we are the echo of Palestine. I would like to speak about uh, three areas before the Jerusalem uprising, during the uprising and after the uprising. And I would like to speak about our presence as refugees in Lebanon and how we get the image coming from Palestine and the feeling that we feel towards everything happening in Palestine. Before Jerusalem uprising, I say we were living a total uh, depression and here 12 Palestinian refugees and communities were living this feeling of feeling of being neglected. Where is the Palestinian cause? What are the requirements to regain the situation of Palestinian cause? Before this uprising, this war did not exist, neither in the news uh, uh, show. And when we hear about Palestine only during the Nakba uh, day or land day, and that's it. Particularly, I'm speaking, why I'm speaking at the uh, newspapers, I'm speaking about the Arab newspapers in general. Before this day, the uprising on 13th, there was uh, the uh, an uprising or revolution in Lebanon. We were stuck between these two parts. Shall we go to demonstrations since we are part of this social fabric in Lebanon or we shouldn't do that? Since we have a history before 1975 and 82 and the civil war, so should we uh, participate or not, or to stay uh, uh, neutral? Then Jerusalem uprising came. It brought hope back, and we will not forget the normalization that happened before that. We are in a position. Are they going to send us to any country, to Sinai, to Jordan, or where? 
So we were living again these feelings of Palestinian refugees underlined because, because refugees are always forgotten. They're forgetting from the political uh, game and the designs and always three uh, solutions proposed for uh, refugees. And they move with us uh, with solutions that we find politically. We're living the situation and we were living this uh, effect of normalization. What will happen? What happens? And are we the voice or the echo for the Palestinian voice? Razi asked, are we still in uh, this balance of powers or not? And when Jerusalem uh, uh, uprising came, we got this push, this support. And Palestinians took initiative again. And the Israeli occupation army uh, that we used to hear as being the strongest army, they were afraid of land uh, combat and facing the Palestinians face to face. This uprising gave us a strong push that in Palestine, Palestine is coming. And this uprising, I called it in one of the articles that it is not the battle of liberation, but it is the beginning of liberation battles. That's why we are living and we're listening to the political uh, speeches and how the Palestinian resistance is developing and getting stronger. This reflects on us as refugees. We are divided. Not to forget the existing political division. This division affects everything. And we connected this battle with the Zionist uh, uh, speech and discourse that, that is to turn the Palestinians into refugees. We don't have rights as refugees, but we did not stop there. We stopped the idea that, yes, Palestine can be victorious and can return. And we as refugees, we can one day become citizens. We dream to be uh, uh, citizens. This dream, this battle made this dream much closer. When we saw this thing being materializing for 12 days, then we started wondering what are the conclusions, but it is over. Is it, was it with conditions or not? Or as Razi mentioned, we uh, as we are a people of uprisings, uprising after uprising. Is this a temporary uprising or it is a real action? And this time is really close to us. The battle was over, and we came to the post-battle time. Today we are still refugees, and we still have West Bank and we have Gaza and division between Palestinian factions. And uh, what, what is the worst is that we are still living much worse circumstances in Lebanon here, considering the circumstances that we are facing in Beirut. The question here, do we have conditions? Do we have requirements for the Palestinian uh, liberation? The condition that we see and we use once the term us, that they, we, we always say they don't want us to liberate ourselves. They don't want us 
to access uh, our land or, and to have a capital and state. We have a state, we have a capital, we have a land, and we have a heritage that we took from our ancestors. We don't want anyone to create, to give us a state. We have the land. The only condition is that for one time to be us, to be ourselves and to depend and rely on ourselves. And the Palestinians can make history, can make victory and can do whatever they want. But can we say politics are preventing us? No, looking to what happened now, what moved this uprising, it was the Palestinian youth. We look at Sheikh Jarrah and Silwan. Now who's going there? Who is shouting? And also in 1948, the Palestinians there, when they just gave them one green light that we have this land and we can decide and we can rely on ourselves even with the least uh, uh, possibilities, they were able to scare the colonialist settler Zionists that now they feel that they uh, own everything. Again, the condition is that us. And to add to the condition of us is the cultural uh, uh, area as mentioned by others. We cannot ignore this because I am an UNRWA school student. And the first thing they did is they took away uh, a curriculum called Palestine geography and Palestine maps from our classes. And when we used to study geography, they would pass things about Palestine since because the teacher was Palestinian as if he is doing something uh, implicitly or uh, behind the scenes. But where is Palestinian culture? Where is the culture and the uh, syllabus and the school curriculum? Are we going to rely on groups who hold some symposiums or meetings and a given refugee camp to educate this generation of youth. No, this is not the way to do business. We need to impose this, that we have learned this from our ancestors, from our parents, and there's a culture that needs to exist. We should not forget this and as they want us to do. And they want to strip us of this culture and they are fighting us in geography and history and, and uh, uh, everything. Here comes the challenge for us as youths. And this is the first condition that we need to work on this balance, which is the cultural balance. And then we can uh, uh, be victorious. Even the tools that we have are too small. And if we are unable to be this Palestinian, And if this Palestinian cannot do this, we cannot achieve. We will need several uprising. We always hear that, okay, we have this uprising for 10 days, 15 days. No, it should not finish. Okay, we have, no, no, it does not happen. We are one voice, even our belonging to Palestine, uh, our fragmentation outside Palestine in Europe or elsewhere through uh, uh, demonstrations or drawing or articles. This can contribute to regain Palestine and Palestine remains the central cause for the Arab uh, nation. So we cannot 
uh, uh, give up this so that they give up, give us up. Hopefully, I did not take that. Thank you, Ruwaida. No, you did not take longer than the time allocated to you. And I think uh, you, uh, uh, your insights were very valuable. First, you reminded us also of uh, the many challenges and problems that Palestinians in the diaspora face and, and, the, and the questions of where are we heading in addition to the socioeconomic challenges. I lived in Lebanon for 10 years and I, I lived in the Shatila refugee camp. And I know how it used to be, but then of course, when we left uh, Lebanon, uh, uh, the th things deteriorated uh, a lot, uh, and 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 so Palestinians were humiliated, uh, and and there are seventy-two professions that Palestinians are not allowed to undertake, and so on and so forth. In Lebanon, that is. But what you've mentioned and the fact that the uprising gave a, 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 a dose of hope and that it is one of many battles for liberation. Not only you have a green identity card, I also in the West Bank have a green identity card. No, we have the blue the blue uh, uh, card and in the West Bank it is a green uh, identity card. Uh, I felt that even before the uprising, the recent uprising and the first and second intifada, I was uh, of the vibrancy of Palestinian nationalism continues uh, to come through and shine through at a specific turning points. Suddenly we see this vibrancy, this vitality of Palestinian resistance, regardless of UNRWA and others, even PA textbooks do not mention the history of Palestine before 1948 and does not mention that Haifa and the Jaffa are part of Palestine because there is censorship by Israel on these Palestinian textbooks and curriculum. In any case, this uh, reiterates the importance of, of Palestinian youth uh, and their insistence on the Palestinian historic narrative it, with its different chapters pre-1948, uh, even to Belfort Declaration too, and then through what happened in Lebanon, in Syria, in the West Bank, in Gaza Strip, in Jordan, and so on and so forth. This historic uh, narrative should be documented kept, memorized, and taught to the younger generations because this is the identity. This is how you construct an identity. It is to uh, 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 narrate our story. And if we have it distorted, then uh, there is a serious problem. And I think they've succeeded in distorting the Palestinian historic narrative and the Palestinian geography and the Palestinian national and historic struggle, national struggle and uh, transforming it into terrorism and so on and so forth. And they changed the, even the names of the villages, the towns, the cities in order not to take too much uh, too, too much longer. Now I'll give the floor to Laura Albas, journalist, interpreter, and content, uh, digital content editor. Laura, I don't have a lot about you, but I think it is sufficient uh, to present you. If you want to add anything, uh, you can add whatever you want about yourself. Thank you. 
First of all, thank you, uh, Dr. Jamil, and thank you, everyone, for all the speakers. I come, I came here to learn from you rather than speak, because from uh, my experience uh, is very limited compared to what is happening in uh, Palestine. I just want to bring the perspective of Palestinian youth in North America. Uh, especially during the uh, recent uprising, especially when we talk about the balance of power. And I want to talk about uh, the narrative that has nothing to do with the uh, mainstream media, but rather the local American communities and their media, who in many uh, instances, they don't know even about uh, the Palestine. Uh, we think that many Palis Americans know about Palestine, Israel, but there is a lot of information missing and people don't know. I will start with what uh, Dr. Hunaida mentioned in the first session today, is that the Palestinians in the diaspora are mostly uh, forgotten and they are afraid uh, uh, because they say uh, they are they say that Palestinians in refugee camps or inside Palestine maybe they will uh, tell them you don't have the right to express views because you are living in a, a luxury and while we are suffering so we have these concerns but any Palestinian living in any place has his own problems related to that place we are also uh, uh, children of refugee camps and lived under oppressive uh, regimes that uh, we are not allowed to express any views related to Palestine or even any other issue and the zionists uh, are also following us and uh, and harassing us uh, like canary mission who uh, put uh, pictures of palestinian activists or any palestinian who speaks about palestine to destroy their lives uh, to prevent them from getting employment uh, and so that they are blacklisted and of course many of the zionists here who agree with a uh, uh, American right-wing uh, supporters, especially the Republican Party members, uh, to remove Palestinians from their uh, jobs, uh, such as uh, teachers in the Virginia, the state of Virginia. They put uh, Eid Mubarak for Palestinian people, and that is greetings for the Eid uh, for the Palestinian people. So they uh, launched a campaign against her, and they said that she's teaching our children about terrorism, and she should be removed from her job, and her job should be terminated. And so there are a lot of pressures uh, uh, also uh, from the authorities, and not only during the recent uprising, but I talked about the oppression of the PA against the Palestinians. Uh, they sent me a message. We know, we hear you, we see you, and we are working with this or this uh, party. And there were people even before the uprising during the past years they find Palestinian activists in America, they attack them. Uh, remove this video, don't say this, don't say that, we will show you. There's intimidation uh, that Palestinians are facing. Of course, it is much less than what Palestinians are facing inside Palestine, in historic Palestine, but we're uh, facing similar uh, uh, obstacles or uh, intimidation if we have and are, uh, want to express any views. I want to focus on the role of the youth because I worked a lot with the Palestinian youth movement in Northern America, especially during the recent uprising. There was a communication 
uh, only. There's always communication among the different uh, groups and organizations, uh, friends and family in Palestine, but the communication that happened during the uh, recent uprising, it wasn't like it, it, this is happening, uh, get out and uh, do a rally. There was more. Uh, communication was more meaningful. That was strengthening the relations among Palestinians in Northern America and Palestinians inside Palestine, including uh, through culture uh, and arts that you mentioned uh, earlier. For example, in San Francisco, the Palestinian youth movement, together with other groups, uh, did a mural uh, uh, about Palestine that we will come return and that we will be liberated. And they sent pictures of these murals uh, to youth in Batn al-Hawa in Silwan neighborhood. And so the youth in Silwan did a mural to respond uh, to uh, the, what the murals done in Northern America. So this is a communication that we are not only defending ourselves and bringing the voice of Palestinians abroad, but we want to come closer uh, together. I have family members in Haifa as a result of the Nakba, I don't know them, we have no communication. And so what we've done in terms of addressing the balance of power, maybe this does not uh, shift the balance of power, but it could if it continues, for example, the rallies and, and the rallies that uh, uh, were launched in May, June, a little bit in July, and also uh, next month, the uh, uh, Israeli Prime Minister is visiting the White House. We're going to meet him and protest, not meet him, of course, but in the sense of protesting against his visit. But uh, there were also different communities supporting Palestinians who participated in these rallies. And this is the solidarity. The, how we view solidarity with the Palestinian question should be looked at differently, that we are all in a struggle, joint struggle against oppressive regimes uh, against uh, peoples uh, uh, of different countries who are facing similar uh, oppress oppression and even similar technologies that the uh, state of uh, Israel occupation uh, exports uh, to countries who oppress protesters in their respective countries. So this is something we need to change when we support the blacks in the US, not because we want them to support us back, but rather because their struggle is really our struggle as well. And the other thing that in many cases we are happy when we see a Palestinian on CNN, Fox News, New York Times, and so on. Uh, they are uh, Palestinians who are known, uh, known uh, uh, like professors at universities or people who appeared, emerged quickly uh, on social media, but we've seen a lack of uh, communication means with Palestinians by the media corporations. For example, we were receiving as Palestinian organizations, we don't have anyone who we can um, meet with who is Palestinian. So we got a lot of requests uh, to the organization. We want somebody to speak to the media about, to talk about the Palestinian opinion. So everyone uh, in our organization were unable to meet all these requests because the media is geared towards specific people. And but when we tell them, did you call this person or that? So they want to bring anyone to speak about Palestine. I had a, a situation whereby I don't have any problem to talk uh, to the media, but without any specific uh, affiliation. But I will speak as a Palestinian, regular Palestinian, 
I uh, went out and uh, spoke uh, and they started to defame me. Uh, they will take a few words here and there and, and edit uh, the video uh, in a way that would look as if I'm supporting Israel. And uh, so it is very important to be careful of whom we talk to and who we will accept uh, in terms of request. It's not to think that the media, we are there to defend ourselves. No, we have to impose ourselves on the media. You will not have to ask me whether or not I support this or that organization. Why don't you talk about occupation, colonization? Why are you doing this on uh, social media? So we need to uh, uh, address media differently. Also in local media uh, uh, agencies, and we focus on them. And this is something that we should not only limit to uh, North America, but also in Europe for the communities that require more awareness raising about the Palestinian question and not to talk only to major news corporations, but also local uh, news uh, uh, agencies. I talked to a radio in the Baltimore, in the Maryland uh, state. We were four Palestinian youth and they hosted us three times to talk about the topic because it was the first time for them to hear anything about the Palestinian cause from how we addressed it. And we, we shifted the questions from questions if you are supporting this or that organization or fighting against Israel. And we changed it and, and, and how, why we are Palestinians being under constant attack from pre-1948 and that there is a colonization project against Palestinians and that there's occupation and that there are people who are colonized. We don't want to shift the narrative as somebody said during this session that the narrative is not that we want a state. What Oslo did is that they changed this narrative as if we are demanding a state. It's not about that. This is a, a struggle between uh, the colonizers and the colonized. And this is what we showed uh, during the uh, uh, program. There were other uh, also instances with other local radio stations. They started to defend themselves. So when we went in and we imposed uh, ourselves and talked about our Palestinian cause, so they were talking to their audience and their public. I, I am from a certain background. And if I'm asking a question, I don't support any oppression of any people. So I said that we should not only defend ourselves, but rather impose ourselves and change this narrative. Uh, 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 in the future. And another thing. Um, I think in, in some, this is what I wanted to say. Uh, the Israeli prime minister will come uh, next uh, Thursday and we will protest. We did not stop the campaigns. Uh, or the things on social media or the, the letters that we write and send out or the pressure that we have and the lobbying with the Congress uh, members. Uh, uh, but this is another issue. Yesterday, uh, they bombed Gaza. Only Arabs know that Gaza was bombed. Uh, they only focus uh, when we only respond. So this is another thing that we need uh, to address. And I will stop here. Thank you, uh, Laura, uh, but I have uh, something to ask of you. Thank you for uh, for uh, the views and, and the challenges that young people face in Northern America, especially how to face uh, the media and how the 
uh, uh, they try to make Palestinians uh, or antagonize Palestinians, but it is not a problem to say that we are against colonization, against apartheid. And now there are Israeli organizations like Betselem and others that are saying Israel from the river to the sea is an apartheid state. And the Human Rights Watch said Israel is an apartheid state. So we have a support. And this state of apartheid includes uh, all Palestinians, Palestinians in historic Palestine, and not only in the West Bank and Gaza. In 1948 as well, and so it is very difficult for them to say, where did you come up with this apartheid uh, story? But this is something that has become uh, commonly used uh, in the international discourse, and and even among academics, it has become uh, usual. But now it is in the international uh, uh, media; it is acceptable. And I think there was something that was important that you mentioned as how much uh, the cultural uh, uh, sector has is an important role. The tools of the culture are different. And this is to Razi, it's uh, different from the political instruments. In the political, there are political artists. I'll get back to you. There is certain discourse, there is parliament arrangements and so on, but in the cultural sector, there's the, the picture, the, the film, and the thing that you mentioned about the mural, this shows how important and how influential culture can be when political uh, field fails that can be a, a, a tool of salvation or to rebuild and re-establish the political realm. It is usually the cultural sector from words, pictures, from murals, from theater, from drama, uh, all of that because they renew and re revive the awareness. I'm talking about progressive democratic culture, of course. Okay, just I have the right to respond. If the... yes, yes. Okay, then the time now is for who else? Miss Amani, where's Amani? Do we have Amani here? Amani Khalifa. I forgot what they thought about you. I love Present yourself. Amani Khalifa. Abi from Jerusalem. I work at Al Jadur Shaba organization and now I'm doing the in cultures. Yeah. The Hebrew okay. University. I am writing about the political and cultural economy. Uh, 
الصراحة هيك حاسة حالي بمصيبة. I feel myself trapped since I'm the last speaker. There are many things that already discussed, and I have things to respond to what was said and make my presentation. So I'll try to observe balance between this and that. At the start. We took the concept or title of the session that is to regain the Palestinian cause as it is lost already. I don't think we should deal with this title without uh, discussing its issues and its assumption because after 100 years of uh, colonialism and the different uprisings, since it is a conflict, existential conflict, I cannot say the we have lost or the Palestinian cause have lost its position, and also the solidarity not only in Europe and America but also in other areas mentioned by the previous speakers. It is an indication that the Palestinian cause is still a basic issue. Now, how we did it, this is something different. But to say, look, no, I doubt it. It's extremely important not to make such assumptions uh, on the current situation. The next level to speak about the uprising, this is uh, a problem, and I agree with Dana said this is a milestone, especially that I am in Jerusalem and I was on the ground and those in the uh, ground since Muhammad Abu Khdir uprising and Bab al-Asfat uprising and the daily practices and, and action and reaction. So this is an accumulative process ongoing one. And we need to be very vigilant if we say the uprising is over because it took a different form. Maybe the military showdown is over, but I doubt, and as Noura mentioned, that uh, demonstrations are there. The popular committees in 1948 areas and situation in Jerusalem continues, even the West Bank, it is taking a different form, but try to consider it as uh, a beginning and end uh, span of time. And the beginning point here, which is central here, is that we start with the practice, not implicit concepts that form a discourse that we reproduce. It is a, such a strong event, and we cannot say that we have an organized uh, uh, discourse. It is something that we understand. We are part of it in our different situation positions. So we need to be uh, very uh, vigilant here. Uh, the political solution and and the historical uh, issues that we are having, be it at the level of occupied territories or 1967 uh, and 48. And it's important, the, the, uh, the starting point is important, which is the change and the balance of power. When 
the uh, flag uh, uh, procession was stopped with the, the, this stopped with the first rocket coming from Gaza so you understand that there are many in many points you discover the new things you rediscover the possible things and to go back to Jerusalem and here I build my uh, understanding to this situation and the military showdown that was the first one were uh, around the metal detectors the moment this showdown ended where the uh, Jerusalemites succeeded in regaining their presence it was such an um, important point about Jerusalem, the same night of celebrating that moment when Israel had to remove these metal detectors. There were activities by the Israeli occupation municipality, and it was the first day of Ramadan. People spontaneously started going to Sheikh Jarrah on the first day. They used to take their meals with them. And this was not organized, uh, was not an organized action. And from there, we started noticing that the geography of confrontation is changing, meaning that many previous years, the stairs of uh, Bab al Amud was a central place of event, then this moved to Sheikh Jarrah, then it moved to Sharm al Zahra and Salah Din Street and all in downtown in the old town, so the presence was different. You are in Sheikh Jarrah and girls and youths from 1948 areas, they come to Jerusalem with their own cars. So the concept of political activism, and here I agree with Razi, the concept of political activism is different. There are two moments to take much time for to understand and comprehend them as in Jerusalem, when the buses that were prevented from exiting Jerusalem during Ramadan and how Jerusalemite people went in their private cars to move people to go for prayers and then confrontations erupted. And at the end, uh, this forced uh, 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 demands were imposed. And so we need to be very uh, cautious that yes, we can impose and chain, impose change and the balance of power. And the situation in Jerusalem is similar to many things in 1948, so not only political uh, parties, although they are absent and they do not play a role, people in 1948 who took to the streets and who were arrested there, where the most segments that were targeted are the, uh, the poor ones. And they were uh, dubbed as people in the criminal area, but they attacked the police vehicles. Police, that is the first authority that runs the organized crime. This is uh, a mar was not a marginal uh, moment that we recall 
it is an important milestone moment. But the arrests that followed uh, led to creating a popular committee. I'm sorry, I went to a different point. I was speaking about the second level, which is the CSOs in 1948 and 1967. And here we're speaking about cultural action. These, these uh, uh, organizations were not absented by chance, but these were part of structures that have that hegemony. We don't have a management, we don't have a self-management and decision within these organizations. Our presence in these organizations turned us from activist uh, individuals into professionals. So we have coordinators of activities and so forth. So if we want to understand uh, understand this, there was a local action because many local committees that we had developed. Now, if you look at ACA, for instance, youth there are still demonstrating and supporting the detainees and there are local funds, popular committees that support uh, 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 against the Israeli policies of arrests and similar policies. Soft policies. And the popular uh, centers by Israel targeting the Palestinian Jerusalem Etiots. It's important to understand these moments. Maybe uh, simple movements on the ground we need to invest in them. And I conclude with this uh, support and connectivity between uh, the different uh, popular uh, segments when Jerusalemites went to Lod, when Lod was besieged, they went with their own cars. Jerusalem was separated. And now if you go on to repeat Speaking of Jerusalem, of international organizations, so we need to start uh, investing in these moments. So I agree with the start that Hashem mentioned that we have context and a geographic context that are different in different contexts, but now we are speaking among the most important thing, which is knowledge production. We need to start asking ourselves why uh, knowledge production is part of the colonialist geography produced by the Zionists. Now I am researching the cultural production, which as we said, there are no studies that speak about culture beyond this geography borders that we are trapped in, it does not look at Palestine as something that is collective. These are the moments that we need to build on at the level of our action to leave this mold that the uh, colonialism trapped us in. 
and we can look uh, and uh, Jamil, you mentioned the issue of human rights watch and the hypocrisy of this organization in dealing with the Palestinian cause. Yes, uh, they uh, uh, published a report on apartheid. It was published based on vision and interest. ثاني لإلهان اللي هو يعتبر سابقة بكل ما يتعلق بالمقاومة بغزة اللي هن حسب رأيي. There's uh, this report that was a precedence uh, that they say that Hamas needs to be prosecuted internationally. Anyone as Palestinians and institutions have to boycott an organization like Human Rights Watch. We need to have uh, the power and authority over our narrative and should not be affiliated with any international interests as much as possible. And so in, in, if I want to conclude, I think we've not been uh, 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 on this uprising, but at the same time, not to undermine the importance and significance of small moments uh, that uh, we can build upon and try as much as possible to uh, move away from some kind of preconceived ideas and how we project them on what happened and how things need to be changed or how liberation should take place. So, and that's it, and thank you. Thank you, Amani. Very important issues uh, were raised that the uprising continues. And this is, uh, this is something to reflect upon. In what way is it continuing, this uprising? And how can this form and becomes more permanent? And that it is not only sporadic uprisings uh, and there is no center or centers that can uh, invest in and build and contemplate and reflect uh, on the lessons learned and how these uprisings become a permanent phenomena. Of course, this would affect uh, the balance of power. It would confuse uh, the enemy and will increase international support and solidarity. I think international secondary, it's very important because if we have to change the balance of power, whether in America or around the world, or in the Arab countries, or even in the PA, requires a lot of work. Many things were mentioned, but maybe we we'll hear from the other speakers if they want to add or clarify or uh, from everything that was mentioned thus far. Now the session is open for discussion. I looked at the questions. I haven't seen uh, uh, things. It's all about thanks and expressing thanks to the session. So let us uh, discuss was already mentioned because men, it, a lot has been said uh, so far and uh, is worth I, of uh, more uh, exploration and discussion. And so you can now all unmute yourself, but in order to organize 
the discussion, uh, please raise your hand so I can give you. Uh, the, so just to organize the discussions rather. I thank uh, everyone. It was very interesting. I'm always uh, 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 pleased when we have Palestinian youth from all around. Uh, and this is the side of the discussions that give us a boost uh, forward and that we need to strengthen this dialogue among ourselves with the Palestinians in Beirut, in America, uh, everywhere inside Palestine and uh, 1948 territories, not to find uh, 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 we will not find solutions or move forward, except if we engage in such dialogues. That's something that is repeated, and it is about the spontaneity of this uprising. And uh, some things that we see repeated in many articles that these uh, uh, movements are uh, unorganized, that they don't have political parties behind them, or that the political, the youth engaged in it are, do not have political affiliations. I think we need to stop here and read things properly, correctly. Palestinian youth, we do, or we are affiliated with uh, political parties. Let me finish this idea and then I will, I know that we will uh, disagree in our views. Uh, I just need three minutes. I think when we look at Palestinian universities, when we go to Birzeit University, the voting percentage in the uh, uh, Students' Council is 70% and it's for political parties. But we know that political parties are in dire situation and that they are very weak and and uh, 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 but uh, I want to say that those who are part of organizing this uprising, even the strike, the strike of 18th of May started from 1948, it started from 1948, but how can we, we, we were able to get it to all parts of Palestine, whether inside Palestine or outside, even at the Golan borders or in Beirut and everywhere in the refugee camps. This was by youth. Some of them are politically active and political activists. Many of the youth are there because they are uh, political activists and and they belong to these different political parties and they have experience in organizing some of the uh, uh, events because they are part of these political uh, parties in universities or outside it. But the other thing is how Israel aborts any collective initiative or effort because Israel is uh, fearful of any collective uh, uh, action or initiative. Uh, Israel works in by all means to end it, to stop it, to uh, uh, stifle it. Uh, yesterday was the anniversary of Ayn Bubin, an attack that happened near Ramallah. Uh, 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 where there is a lot of Israeli military surveillance, this an organized uh, Palestinian uh, youth uh, who, who are being prosecuted in Israeli courts. And because uh, Israel knew that this was uh, an organized act, more than 100 uh, comrades of that uh, political uh, party uh, uh, because the, the attack was linked to that uh, political party and they tried with through all the, the uh, we talked about the torture and we've heard about Samar al-Arbid and how he was severely tortured because Israel refuses any act to be organized 
or that it is linked to political parties. And of course, they uh, also uh, attack and oppress any individual uh, attacks without any uh, affiliation to political parties. We see that there's always collective punishment if somebody come, uh, carries out an uh, operation. And so it is not only about the person who carried out the operation, but it's also the family, the neighborhood, the, the, the friends. So in order to uh, uh, deter the, anyone from uh, doing other uh, similar things. The other thing that I need to talk about that we have different forms of uh, resistance and different ways and spaces to express that we can express our resistance in different forms and this is different from previous years when there were clear political parties with their actions and their interventions but even after the uprising ended and we see the arrests now we see there were many young people who were arrested who were organizing the uprising and many of them are members of political parties and affiliated with them regardless if they were acting as individuals or as members of these political parties but they come from that background thank you dana thank you that is important i don't know if it somebody can speak about that if you talk about different forms of resistance about uh, social media instruments and how the and me uh, platforms and how they were used uh, during this uprising i think uh, there was uh, a use of the social media abroad and also inside uh, palestine I would go to Facebook in order to get all the details and the recent events. So, Razi, if you have the floor. First, I wanted to talk about two issues. Dana, I want to, to apologize for interrupting you, and I didn't have the right to do that. I just uh, felt spontaneously to respond. So I first apologize for having interrupted you. Uh, the other thing, I wanted also to talk about uh, culture. I don't... I didn't say, or I don't talk about individuals. Yes, individuals were there. I was uh, at one point a, a member of some form of political uh, party. And many of the people I work with who used to be part of political parties and, and uh, groups. And so this is something that we don't disagree about. But why are these political parties are not using their name when they are uh, intervening? And why they don't call upon their activists to engage in these protests? Because they cannot using their own names as political factions uh, to, to call for uh, that engagement because the people will not listen to them in order uh, to uh, destroy any uh, planned activity, just to say that a political party is organizing it, any political uh, uh, event in that sense. And secondly, it is not important for me, the person who's coming to the protest, uh, what background he has. I want him, I want to see by, in what capacity he's coming. Uh, is whether he's uh, from a right-wing party or even in a Tahrir party. I don't care about that. I'm talking about uh, general political uh, parties and forces that are paralyzed, basically. And this is very clear. We can say that they maybe raise some activists that are well organized and we're working with them today, but this doesn't mean that they have the credit now, because I know that at one stage, we need to uh, transcend, and that is the political parties, because they are also 
uh, some form of uh, uh, destroying the efforts of the youth. They are not only not supporting, but rather uh, bringing the young people backwards, uh, pulling them backwards. And so we need to talk as Palestinians how we have a political framework that can accept all the different, uh, 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 the different spectrum of uh, political views, but that are come together under one framework. And I say that everybody has sacrificed and did a lot, but in the general political situation, I think these political parties, their historic role has expired. And even if they do something here and there, but there is a historic role that they are not doing. These parties are not mobilizing, not recruiting more people. They don't have visions. They don't have headquarters. They don't have strategies. They are not known what their uh, demands are today and what their vision is today. I'm saying that in, in general terms, I'm not talking about one specific political party, I'm saying about the political parties in general. Yes, whenever there is an uprising, it is a spontaneous movement, a spark. It is in response to a crime that is committed by Israel. Uh, and then the Palestinian people uh, go out and respond to it or through uh, uh, individual initiatives as, uh, for example, in individual uh, attacks. And recently, whenever uh, there is an uprising in Palestine, it's usually in Jerusalem, starting from Jerusalem. And that is because Jerusalem is outside the custody of political parties and the PA. And that is why Jerusalem has a spirit that is spontaneous. And I'm not saying that it's spontaneous that somebody just decides to do that. And, but that it is not a political decision or a, a decision of a political party. This was the decision uh, based on the pain and suffering of the Palestinian people in Jerusalem. As for culture, I'm not saying that culture is not important. I think that we cannot have politics without culture, but at the same time, I can say without politics, there isn't culture. When we talk about historic Palestine, we need also a political program that would uh, uh, this, uh, decide what its uh, boundaries are, what they want. Uh, and so when we talk about uh, uh, Jaffa uh, oranges in our literature, this is part uh, of uh, the political program that was in refugee, in refuge, refugee camps. So separating politics from culture and vice versa, or the relations between them is inseparable. You cannot uh, separate them in any way or form because they are uh, rights of the human beings. Uh, culture is an expression, artistic expression, identity expression about a political aspiration, about a political situation. Sometimes it, uh, it goes before politics, sometimes it's uh, coming behind politics, but we cannot in any way or form separate them. And that's it. And thank you. Thank you. I still think that there is some form of relative independence between culture and politics, but this is my opinion. Nobody talked about restructuring or the need to rebuild and reconstruct the PLO. When we talk about a representation, I'm talking about rebuilding, not reforming or reviving. I'm talking about rebuilding the PLO based on democratic foundations, a representation of all Palestinians. If you think it is not important, I, I don't mind. But the question of representation, that we have a question of representation and the Palestinian National Project and what it is. 
I wanted to answer your previous question on the role of uh, social media. And to start with what Laura mentioned, that there will be uh, individuals and, um, hosted and channels to speak about Palestine on the Jerusalem uprising. And this is important that what she mentioned. And uh, uh, when I prepared my programs and we had Palestinian guests on culture, social issues, we always had difficulties in uh, accessing people. Why? I don't know if this uh, is uh, the cost of being refugees, that we are in different geographies, we don't know each other, be able to do this. So here the problem is that we are politically uh, fragmented, socially fragmented, and even in cultural issues. Many people could be successful and can speak in any area, but we have difficulty in accessing them because we are, Dr. Jamil, we return to the new media on how to use this use the social media, how to bring ourselves together again, but not necessarily to be, this is still a type of what Palestinians, Palestinians are the ones who will carry the stones and fight. Okay, fine, no problem with this. But the Palestinians are educated, Palestinians are scholars, Palestinians can be everywhere. So maybe through this new media, we can use it again. How we used it during the Jerusalem uprising, I'm speaking about ourselves here in Lebanon. Uh, on uh, the south, we have checkpoints that we can cross without internet. So the social media was the means that we used to express solidarity and participate in what was happening in Palestine. So we can use this to uh, fight and to expand our base and uh, uh, regather again. This is what I wanted to say in social media, how it helped us and to be better here. Many people spoke, even Laura in America and others, they don't know much about Palestine and don't go far away. Even here in Lebanon, many things were absent that the Palestinian was connected with war, with 1975. Five and that's it. But here there is something new that contributed to us to uh, uh, strengthen our discourse. As for the PLO, I don't want to answer this. That's one of the subs. Anyway, thank you. I believe for the social media, it is not limited to the uprising, it's ongoing. So in the political and cultural life and social life, for those who are following it, it's important for them. And there are many things that you learn through social media. I don't know if this is general or individual or different. or not. If this part of the daily life of people, or sometimes, or not. 
تفضلي لورا اسمي اضيفها سريع يعني If I can add something to what Roida mentioned For instance, in the uprising, there are no guests and no Palestinian awareness. The Palestinians went to the social media and they supported to take the role of journalists. So when bombardment was in Gaza, no one was speaking with Gaza. Palestinians communicated with Palestinian youth in Gaza to be live on Instagram. Uh, to know, so we record this, tell us what going on and we would translate that into English. Same thing when Maryam Al-Atifi was arrested in Sheikh Jarrah. No one wrote about it in the West, but these youths acted on social media. This is something new as uh, uh, Roida said, we are using it for our interest, especially during the uprising, there was a concern by the uh, Zionists, because there was change in the discourse, uh, there's a use of uh, hashtags such as Gaza under attack, others, and they wanted to change so much that made a counter campaign that failed. That please publish a blue square to support, uh, to show your support for the Israeli occupation, but no, uh, they failed. We need to continue. Now there's a question. For me, that is uh, the U.S. citizens, why they did not speak about their identity or uh, interact. America is not a country of freedom, unlike what we see, especially in the issue of racial discrimination. If you are not a white American, then you are under scrutiny all the time. My family is not American. I am a refugee. So there are risks. If I speak something, they might file lawsuits to uh, revoke my nationality. Many people uh, uh, who are, uh, whose parents are refugees and blacks, when they are arrested, they are American, original American citizens. Still, they are oppressed in a brutal way by the American society and uh, <clears throat> so the issue is not that if you have American or European nationality you are strong enough to speak the way you wish. If they can speak and they have the support of an organization, fine, but there are many American Palestinians are before courts in America uh, uh, battling back uh, uh, lawsuits against them. They are this, the Zionists are destroying their lives. And to hush any Palestinian voice outside Palestine. Hopefully it's clear. Thank you. Who else? Please, the interpreters are requesting that you speak slowly as Dana was speaking. They are uh, already uh, tired, and this is a long day. Hashem, would you like to speak? I was thinking of your question about restructuring PLO. 
I cannot answer it, but I think it's related to what Dana mentioned about the role of parties. These parties are marginalized, but I believe their heritage and these organizations should not uh, be, uh, I mean, uh, not everything to be new. We need to take this into consideration when we are building on that. The next thing, I don't know if you agree with me, but I felt that the uprising was in the uh, cities and there was not enough participation by the rural areas. Is this true that the refugee camps and the rural areas did not participate? It's good to know this. If this is true or not, it's maybe uh, you can easily can tell people to uh, gather at a certain square, but from the village to bring from rural areas to the cities. I don't know if someone who has experience or reflections on this. Are you referring to refugee camps in Palestine or Lebanon and Syria? No, refugee camps in Lebanon, I answered that. The most important thing is that uh, uh, marches were in uh, the refugee camps every day. We had uh, such demonstrations. Um, you know, the Rashidiyah's uh, camp is different from that of Beirut. If you are outside the refugee camp, then you will need license for the, such activities. Uh, but uh, there were activities that were supportive of what was happening in Palestine. Each of us had that dream to go to the borders with Palestine and open that gate and enter Palestine at, as if it is liberated, but restrictions prevented that. And we return back to the uh, square one, that we are still refugees and this battle continues currently. So there were only marches uh, within the refugee camp. Amani, refugee camps in Jerusalem. Such as Shafat and Khalandia refugee camps. We saw the refugees uh, march from Jordan border. I remember my niece, we were at home together and she was telling me that, okay, they are here, let's invite them, that uh, refugees from Jordan. So it was a great uh, scene at that moment. But I would like to go back to the issue of spontaneity and to see where it's important not to see the spontaneous action and put it in the negative thing. 
that if it is not organized, so it is not successful. There is a political decision that we need to have. Why, why they need to uh, define everything? Because in this relation between the authority and we, this action will be uh, tamed by the authority, PA. It will find new means of taming this continuous action. I remember during the uh, uprising at uh, Bab al journalists and foreigners used to speak with me, telling me, asking me, this social media, is it the one that is sending people to the old town? And I said, yes, let it be. Because if a white journalist thinks that social media is doing the, why to produce free knowledge for colonizer? And they are spontaneous with their force. And in 1948, the political organized factions, and I agree with Razi, it's not that much, but most of the movement and activism, such as in Am al-Faham in particular, there was the Am al-Faham activism that used to go out every week. And so there was that hard nucleus for such activism, but in Kufr Qara, it was not there. It was not there. And these people who took to the streets are the most impoverished people. Those who were in the streets had nothing to lose in terms of their relation with the Israeli organization. Others did not go because they had something to lose. Sorry to say this. So there is that class uh, uh, dimension. Yes, it is always there. I need to clarify. Speaking about the refugee camps, I will speak about uh, their participation and uh, demonstrations against the Palestinian Authority. The PA did not participate. No one uh, wrote about this. This is a worth question, worth asking. In Al-Arub refugee camp, as if it is something between clans and families. They are controlling the political scene through the control of families and clans. Dana? During uh, the uh, May uprising, there were more people killed in the West Bank compared to Gaza Strip, and most of them came from villages and rural areas because uh, clashes in uh, cities, they are made, they are constructed, fabricated, especially in Ramallah. I live in Ramallah. We say that there is Betail and offer checkpoints, and they are there so that you can go and uh, uh, clash, and the soldiers are on top of the hills, and they uh, are snipers killing the uh, protesters, whereas in villages, the villagers are able 
uh, are able to drag the soldiers inside uh, their space and they have the ownership over the space rather than at Beit Il checkpoint where you are down and the soldiers are on top of the hills. In Beit Il because we are all on the ground whereas the soldiers are on top of the hill. Anyone who shoots, uh, there will be uh, killed. Uh, the soldiers will kill them. But in the villages, they are able to drag uh, the soldiers inside the village in their own space. And so the clashes there are different from what happens in the cities. And they are more violent. And um, as for the PA, I agree with what Hashem said. Uh, in terms of what is happening now after the assassination of Nizar Banat, the focus is inside cities because in villages uh, there are uh, social ties with those people who are working with the PA and those who are opposing the PA. And this is a big question that we need uh, to address. Where are we today in terms of our relationship with the PA, with the people? Because we are in a protest demanding justice for Nizar and uh, against the political detention. We see uh, university students who were used to be our classmates at the university and they carry weapons and batons and they are uh, harassing the protesters. I'm a lawyer. I know that when there was a protest in front of the Ramallah police station uh, to demand the liberation of one of the detainees and they arrested everyone at that day. The police are the same who were working also in the court. The next day when I went to report to my work in the court, uh, he is the policeman. I will see him all the time. Uh, and, and I saw him uh, beating mothers and, and uh, harassing them for protesting. And we are from the same people uh, in Jerusalem. They did not reach that uh, situation. In Ras Lamud, it is very clear. There are people who are occupied and there are Israeli soldiers. And so you, the relationship is very clear, cut uh, colonizers and colonized. But now we are beaten by our own people. When you saw that policeman and uh, uh, did you tell him anything or uh, say something to him? I can't. And they are some of them used to study with us in the universities and I knew them. Did the relationship change? Uh, did you say anything to them? It is really a paradox, it is irony, it is uh, what uh, dark uh, uh, irony, yeah. and this is Dighton, this is Dighton project, this is a training of Dighton, General Dighton, that is, if I'm, I know that I want to clarify something when I talked about spontaneity and organization, I did not have a position that was with or against this. This is my analysis. This is an objective analysis of the situation. As for my position, if I need to clarify it, my position is that the events were spontaneous and things happened spontaneously, but they cannot continue. A spontaneity has a specific time frame, and after that, there needs there is a need for organizing. Do we need to organize ourselves? This is something that I understand implicitly, but the question is, how do we do that? How do we start? Do we still need time? And so this is something that I want to clarify. And the other thing that I forgot to mention earlier, and this is something that Laura mentioned, that we are outside and they say uh, and tell us 
uh, those who are in Palestine, they tell us you are living luxuriously and you don't uh, suffer like Palestinians inside Palestine. Since we're talking about unity and about Palestinian people everywhere, one of the things that are important uh, for us to do is to break down these illusionary uh, uh, borders and boundaries between us so that we know the pain of every Palestinian wherever they are. I am uh, confident that uh, something that I found very useful in my life in Ramallah and that no refugee knows is that your Palestinian identity in Ramallah is uh, understood implicitly. But the suffering of a refugee to say that he is Palestinian is not less uh, suffering than the current uh, suffering that we face inside Palestine. And we as Palestinians, we need to, uh, uh, we should not say who suffers more and as such can speak more. Whoever can speak more, then they have to raise their voice more, not about the suffering. We have uh, walls, illusionary walls that are built on stereotypical images built by the colonization that Palestinians living in the US are living luxuriously and are happy, but it's not true. We are 1948 Palestinians. We know also we are refugees in our own uh, homeland. We suffer in the same manner to live half of your life uh, until you are able to say that you are Palestinian and then start to mobilize. That those living in West Bank, Gaza, and they know that the only uh, house I lived in and uh, for the first time uh, is my uh, house in Ramallah. And I didn't have to raise my Palestinian flag because my identity is known there. But as refugees, we have to stop and say who suffers most. Anybody who can raise the voice, uh, even if they live in Anart and the North Pole, uh, they can. Uh, still uh, talk. We need to uh, break on these uh, boundaries created by the colonization, the colonials uh, between us and separate us. And they are illusionary. I agree totally with what you've said, uh, Razi. And uh, we, we can see this diversity uh, in the different locations of the Palestinian uh, people have also uh, advantages. If somebody is oppressed somewhere, there is somebody else who can carry uh, uh, the banner and, 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 and show solidarity and raise the voice against the oppression that you are subjected to. And so this is good. This is something that we should not think of as a negative. And, and because there are, uh, of course, settler colonialism, but it has its own advantages that need to be uh, 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 thought about and not to feel it as an in a sense of inferiority uh, uh, or a complex that Laura had expressed that we are excluded or that we are forgotten, as Ruwaida mentioned. And here I can give a very small example. Uh, our presence around the world is a point of strength and we need to have some kind of complementarity. If we look at the Jews who live in Israel and those who live abroad, how they deal with each other, how they help each other, how they benefit each other, this is something that we can, uh, one of the most important thing that uh, emerged from the uprising, those who are in Canada and can uh, create a Facebook page and has no problem to do that, then they should do that. Some people say that you have an Israeli ID, so you can say whatever you want and you cannot be arrested in the West Bank. Then this is something that we need to uh, build upon and benefit from. We should think all the time of how we benefit from each other 
without uh, trying. Uh, thank you, Jamil, because you followed up on my idea.